This week's Dicebreaker podcast is sponsored by Gordian Quest. If you're a PC gamer who loves tabletop RPGs, you have to check this game out. Gordian Quest is an epic RPG influenced by old school classics like Dungeons and Dragons, Ultima and Wizardry, but embellished with modern gaming concepts such as deck building, turn-based tactical combat and strategic decision making. Form a party of heroes of different classes and lead them on a journey to unravel curses laid upon the lands. Forge bonds, discover new skills and make them stronger with legendary weapons spawned from the spoils of battle. Gordian Quest boasts a 92% positive rating on Steam and is available now at a 10% discount for a limited time only. Hello and welcome to the Dicebreaker Podcast. This is episode 14. I've sort of run out of, of interesting things to say about numbers. Last week, obviously, we had Baker's Dozen... Uh, or unlucky for some, and now it's just it's the number fourteen. Uh, but there it is. Yeah. Um, if if the podcast was a person, they might start paying attention to um, other people in a romantic way. Yeah. So. Or or maybe they might like like mobile phones or like mm, mm. like um, busted. Maybe they might start having a bit of an attitude. Yeah. Uh, uh, mm. So, Dicebreaker Podcast, episode 14, <laughs> the podcast's growing up so fast. Um, my name is Johnny Chiodini, I am head of video at Dicebreaker.com. I have the uh, the honour of being joined this week uh, by both Alex Sezzes. We have got Alex Meehan, staff writer. hey And it's... Alex Lowley's fellow video producer. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are direct opposites. It's true. It's, Whatever I do, Lolis has to do. It the has direct to do the complete opposite. opposite. It's a nightmare. It's a terrible curse. Absolute nightmare when we try and go to lunch together. <laughs> we don't know whether we're coming or going, or which one is. Anyway, um, we're ostensibly here to talk about uh, tabletop games. So um, before we yeah, crack this on... is what I signed up for. I know. Um, believe me, it's evident from the way the podcast has gone thus far, but uh, we will start off, as is tradition, by talking about what we've been playing recently, and then we'll crack in some news, and then we'll get on to some, uh, some questions from our, our listeners, slash viewers, slash readers, slash friends, we like to think of them yeah. as... Um, I'm going to go first on the what are you playing at the moment uh, segment, because I am undoubtedly going to be the quickest to deal with. I can't talk about it! Um, I am currently under embargo. I'm working on something that I can't talk about, but it is very exciting and it is taking up a lot of my free time. So uh, keep your eyes on dicebreaker.com and youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker and we will share everything we can once we can. Um, but I'm very excited about Fort. Uh, that's the other thing. Like I've spent this week Ooh. doing a thing I can't talk about, but also being excited about Fort because pre-orders are starting to pop up on the internet. It's Leader Games' first ever game that they've taken straight to retail rather than um, kickstarting it like they did with Root and like they've done with Oath. Um, and it, we played it at PAX East just before uh, everyone sort of went into quarantine. And it's an absolute delight. There is coverage on the YouTube channel. Uh, and I believe it's been written about on the site as well. So if you don't know what Fort is, it's, it's just wonderful. It's a game about building a nice fort with your friends. Um, so yeah, that's me done. 
Mm, what a tease, Johnny. I know, I'm sorry. I don't I don't mean to be like this. It's just I don't want to get sued. Yeah, I mean that's understandable. Mm. So yeah, I'll let you off this one time. Thank you so much. Because, yeah, I, I find increasingly my, my job is a toss-up between, you know, legal action and the wrath of Alex Meehan. So uh, your clemency in this matter is, is very much appreciated. Um, who would like to go next about what it is they've been playing? Oh, Lolies. Lolies, I really think you should go next. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I wrote in my notes as to uh, when we talk about this, uh, I wrote freestyle because uh, I've oh. not really been playing anything. <laughs> That's not so, the name um, of the game, is it? I, no, I, have you I was like, oh, I your... what freestyle is. It's, have you been me... on your skateboard lately? <laughs> <laughs> this is me freestyling about what I've been playing, which has been nothing. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I like. <laughs> uh, uh, I had come up with an answer for this whilst you were talking and I've instantly forgot it. Uh, oh, my housemate has printed out more Quinto sheets uh, so I can continue playing that at some point. That's oh. what's new in my board game world. I think that's you fair. finally got your hand on a printer. Well, uh, my housemate is a teacher and she's back at school, so she has access to a printer. Uh -huh. So we send all of our printing needs to her <laughs> and she brings them home. Uh, so she's very kindly printed, especially because they're obviously going on summer holidays soon. She's yes. printed a bunch of Quinto sheets. So yeah. we playing it because it's an awesome roll and write that I think everyone should try. It's like a tenner or less, I think. It's like so good. Everyone should get this game. I um... she... Sorry, carry on. I was just going to say, is your friend going to, like, stumble home carrying this enormous power <laughs> of sheets? Yeah, yeah. How, how many weeks is it going to be before you have to start rationing games of Quinto? <laughs> I think quite soon. I know she's printed a few, but I don't think it's enough to last the whole summer. Um, I, I really think, like, uh, we've kind of talked about her laminating a couple of sheets, but she hasn't done it yet, so maybe I need to remind her, her gently. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I, I, I don't know quite why. Because obviously, when a, a roll and write is just pieces of paper, you're going to burn through them, and eventually, you're not going to have any more, and you're going to have to start sort of printing your own. But I really prefer it that way. Um, like you know, I um when I bought, uh, oh god, the names escaped me. The train roll and write. Um, oh, railroad uh, ink. Yeah. yeah, railroad ink. Um, it, that comes with sort of boards with like dry board markers and and they wipe clean and i was a bit like oh kind of want to get a get a biro out and really score the paper and then stick it up somewhere if i have an amazing mm. win um mm -hmm. but yeah that's just that's just me anyway being particular about roll and write games um yeah i yeah. would say that at least with the with the laminated version you're not throwing away so much paper True. like when i've been playing pandemic legacy every time we throw away a big pile of cardboard and and such Rory's a bit like mm. yeah although you know laminated stuff is sort of plastics so you know you can kind of imagine in 200 years someone's going to pull a dead whale shark out of the, <laughs> the mid-atlantic trash and like, patch or whatever it is and like oh oh what a great score <laughs> <laughs> I, I caught a whale shark in Animal Crossing the other day so funny that you should say that huh, yeah. really, sir. look at me no, video games. Uh. We've changed oh, yeah. you, Lily. <laughs> well, Why is this heresy? 
I messaged, I think was it, did I message you, Johnny, or did yes. I say it in the general thing where I was like, you guys have broken me, I like video games now. <laughs> when you, when we first started working together, you were very much like, oh, video games, boring, talk about something else. And now we've corrupted you. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, big time. Like the was like, of Nurgle. Yeah, Lurleys was like, nerds only yeah. play board games and oh, now I still, I still think like that but yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're disparaging but also part of the hobby i think that's fine yeah yeah um uh me and what has occupied your time this week um has it been similarly similarly i mean light? for context yeah li- listeners uh, and viewers we've it's been a it's been a hectic sort of week or so and icebreaker <gasps> Mm. Oh, very quickly, I just remembered something I played. Werewolf! We played Werewolf! Oh, yeah. You did! Uh, played outside, uh, and it was and so good, and I played very well, even if I do say so myself. You absolutely did. You really did. At one point, you just unseated Jane Douglas uh, in a manner that was A, brilliant, but also B, just quite disrespectful. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. Like, um, Lolly's made a formal accusation, and then it went to the vote, and... Jane stuck her hand up and Lowly's kept hers down and was like, I didn't want to kill them. I just wanted to see which way you'd vote. And it was like a proper mic Jane, drop. Jane was the only one who raised her hand and I was trying to figure out who the werewolf actually was because I had no idea at this point. And then uh, I obviously knew that the werewolf would want to kill somebody. And lo and behold, Jane was the only one to raise her hand. So I was like, well, ergo, you are the werewolf. And I was correct, thankfully. Honestly, when what the way she reacted first, I was like, oh, "Was I wrong? Have I made a terrible mistake?" Uh, and then, thankfully, it turned out to be okay. It busted <laughs> that case wide open. But, uh, <laughs> me and sorry, yes. Right, yes. It on. is a little bit disturbing how good you are at social deduction games, Lolis. Mm. You, you have this understanding of the human psyche, I think. Yeah, like she said. <laughs> She, she could see into my mind. Um, yeah, I yeah, like Johnny said, this this week's been a long one, and there, it feels like there's not been much room for board gaming, which is a shame. My friend and I played a little bit of Zero of the Seas, oh, lovely. which I believe I've talked about on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a version of Zero the game where you have to traverse a board and it's got different lines on it and you lay down tiles, different lines drawn in there so you can try and avoid hitting other people's tokens or being led off the board. But this version has dragons in it and they're bad. And Mm -hmm. when I say we played about 15 seconds, I literally mean we played 15 seconds because instantly a dragon basically moved next to me and ate me so um wow. yeah that was and then by the time we'd set it up and done that uh our dinner was ready and we were like well <laughs> that's the end of that one i guess um so uh, i wanted to talk about for a little bit uh, instead of what I've been playing, what I would like to play, mm. which is sparked by a news story I wrote this week um, about an RPG called Cult Divinity Lost. I believe I've talked about it before, many eons ago. Um, but uh, I just, you know, I was, uh, what's the word, reminded of his existence by writing this news piece. Uh, because there's some new supplementing materials coming out for it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back and had a look at my copy of the core rulebook, which is here. Sorry, listeners. Um, and it looks very nice mm. to those of you listening. The yes, the <laughs> I mean, nice isn't the word I'd use to describe the art in this book. Uh, it's very much um, um, unpleasant, but in an, an intentional way. Um, it's a horror RPG. Uh, actually, a fourth edition of a, an RPG that was written in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was basically brought back in 2018 with this fourth edition, which is called Cult Divinity Lost. So the original was called Cult. Um, and it's Swedish. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's um, quite, what's the word? Uh, full on in terms of its themes and its setting. Um, it's all about like uh, humanity is being secretly sort of kept um, under control by this group of essentially evil gods who uh, want to maintain this illusion. Of... It's a little bit like The Matrix, but less lever and um, you know Hugo weaving and more uh, demons and various other scary things, but. Um, I've, it's been sat here for a long time. I've not actually played it. It's one of those classic things that I'm sure Johnny is well aware of, where you buy an RPG rulebook and then... <sighs> yes. It just yeah. sits there questioningly, being like, why am I in your house and not in the house of somebody who'll actually pick me up and make use of me? Mother, why? Silently judging. I'm sorry, why? A Song of Ice and Fire and Mutant and Simba Room. Mm. And, and Deadlands Classic and Overlight uh, ban- so f- and Band of Blades. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this new story has lit a fire underneath me regarding playing this game. Good. Um, I I really in- I love horror RPGs and this one looks really really interesting. I think you have to find the right group of people though because the potential for basically exploring really uncomfortable subjects is there and you have to make it like abundantly clear to the people Mm. that we need to make sure that we don't discuss anything or encounter anything that you're going to be uncomfortable with but at the same time it's a horror rpg that's based on very personal fears and like things that happen in the real world you know if if not pushed to an extreme mm. uh so i'm obviously careful of who i want to play this with yeah um also i would say like the art for it can sometimes be on the mm, side in terms of female uh depictions in there it's also very it, maybe i've just glossed over it also seems very white washed um which is a shame uh because this is you know a modern update there's not really much excuse yeah um so you know it's all out i guess (laughs) Um, it's a scandinavian release title is it is it is it partly inspired by sort of nordic stuff um no it's more on the and when i say this it's very much like ugh. It's more on the Cthulhu style thing in okay. terms of like, oh, there's these beings that watch over us and, mm. you know, but these beings very much have very specifically evil intentions. They're yeah. not like, 
we just exist and we'll eat you. It's more like we want you to suffer because we enjoy that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say it's very much more religiously leaning. Like the the name might give it away a bit, mm. but I think it explores like themes of, like, you know, gods taking advantage of their position and like people's beliefs and how far that can go. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I I would like to try it, but also there are some issues I have with it. Yeah, well, I mean, keep us updated as to you know <clears throat> what you think of it once you actually get the chance to play it. I guess. Yes, so, I will do. I think we should do some news. We've got four stories to get through today. I'm going to suggest that uh, we rattle through the first two of them because, frankly, they're downers. Uh, and there's not really much to say apart from just sharing the, the base information. Uh, but then we can crack into two stories that I think are actually a bit more upbeat. Does that sound good? Well, you've, you can't taste the highs and, unless you've experienced the lows, Johnny. Hmm. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. by contrast that we experience good things. Uh, so with that, uh, the first piece of news is that EGX, which is the UK's biggest gaming event, scheduled to take place at the Excel Centre in London from the 17th to the 20th of September 2020, has been cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of this is, is happening at the minute, but is especially worth uh, mentioning for us because EGX is, of course, the sort of flagship show run by uh, Readpop in the UK, um, which is, you know, the company, well, it's the parent company for Dicebreaker. So every year we aim to have like a big physical presence. It was our first um, appearance at last year's show because it was just two months on from our launch. In fact, it was Loli's first week and she mm -hmm. was ill and so she was just chugging lemsip while we were forcing her to do live streams and meet and greets and we were and encouraging was... you to rest you were to be fair you did tell me to go home a few times and i was like no and every now and again i was just like i have to lie down and then i would like <laughs> then i would like peel myself off the floor because i'm like no i have to meet everyone and i'm glad i did because i didn't realize that was going to be my only chance for Oh, another year or so. Yeah, so. indeed. I'm really glad then... I did. I'm really glad I was there. Mm. It was my first week as well. Of course. Uh, and I was also ill. So, <laughs> like, we had... Yeah, we had both the Alex's. I was blowing into tissues constantly, which was fun because I was managing the demo area. Mm. So, obviously, people were like... <laughs> I was trying to explain how to play parks while just like, sorry for a minute. <laughs> yeah, we had a curated tabletop area um, and yeah, me and worked tirelessly to teach people how to play games such as Setter Watch and Parks. Um, by the end of that weekend, it was quite clear that you did not want to play Setter Watch for some time. But uh, either way, it's a lovely show. Um, and while it is not happening in a physical uh, sense this year, uh, there will be a digital um, uh, offering called EGX Digital, which runs from the 12th to the 20th of September 2020, which is five extra days. It's a nine-day yeah. event providing 24-hour coverage um, from brands like Eurogamer, VG247, GamesIndustry.biz, Rock Paper Shotgun, and, of course, Dicebreaker. <gasps> um, we're doing this in collaboration with PAX Online, because obviously the Penny Arcade Expos aren't really happening at the minute either, uh, and again, they are part of uh, the same company. So it's going to be all a very big online digital event uh, providing um, 
developer sessions, panels on a variety of industry topics, playable games, live Let's Play sessions, meet and greets, sort of digital meet and greets, um, and much more. And we will very much be a part of it. We're kind of starting to throw ideas around now and get that all together. Uh, and it will be totally free because it's, it's on the internet. So we're bringing the Excel Center to you in a very specific way. We're bringing the content we produce in the Excel Center direct to you. We're not bringing you the lines at Costa Coffee. We're not bringing yeah. you the underwhelming breakfast buns that they sort of sell in the concourse. And uh, um, Yeah, unfortunately, we're not bringing you a giant plate of breakfast from a hotel <laughs> like the one that our own Michael Whelan enjoyed. Which, Had a bang on. Indeed, it uh, that coined one of our most popular catchphrases in the office, which is, have a bang on that. Uh, he just sent a picture of a massive fry-up saying, have a bang on that. And uh, it, I... it lit a fire under all of us. I generally can't remember laughing so much in the space of, like, two minutes. Just I would just laugh about it, stop laughing, and then remember it and start laughing again. That... Uh, and throughout the whole day... I still think we need a t-shirt of just like Wheels' head going like this. <laughs> have a bang and it's on like, that. have a bang on that. that. We got a lot out of that weekend in terms of just strange memes. It, it, it spawned, of course, nine, uh, 90 or 10. The game yeah. about which sea creatures Wheels reckons he could take in a fight. Uh, we had a very animated, slightly tipsy conversation about Zeus and um, his, <laughs> his uh, fondness for fornicating. <laughs> It was big. Uh, it was it was a whole big weekend. So uh, EGX will return in uh, physical capacity uh, next year. But for now, we are excited to bring you EGX Digital. Um, mm. And yeah, we are obviously sad about it not happening, but it is the right call. Indeed, uh, Board Game Geek has made a very similar call this week to move on to our second um, news item because Board Game Geek has cancelled its upcoming convention board game geek con 2020 in response to the current covid19 pandemic uh it was going to be held between the 18th and 22nd of november um but it is no longer happening in a physical sense but to establish a theme uh board game geek will be ho hosting a virtual gaming con via the tabletop events or tte online platform uh it's already got form in doing this because they use it to host an online convention that took place uh just last month um, and of course, yeah, you know, I, I think we talked about it last week that, that Spiel, uh, Spiel Essen has been cancelled also, and that's having a digital event, uh, kind of in, in a continuing theme for 2020, lots of physical events not happening, going online mm. instead, um, mm. hopefully bringing you a lot of stuff that you would be enjoying anyway, just uh, to the comfort of your own home. So, yeah. Yeah. You Hopefully, can... minus the um, the post convention sickness as well. Yes. I always get sick. After. I usually always get sick after conventions. Like since I've joined Dicebreaker, though, I seem to always get sick for conventions. <laughs> uh, it's, it's taken a weird turn, but <laughs> I never normally get con flu. Um, I did get it coming back from Pax East this year, uh, and I'm fairly yeah. sure it was coronavirus. I'm not certain. I haven't had an antibody yeah. test or anything, but. Um, yeah, it turns out when I do get sick from conventions, I really know how to pick them. Anyway, <laughs> those are two news stories about things that aren't happening. Let's yeah. talk about some things that are. Indeed, some things that are happening to to moderate surprise, I think, because Aliens, another glorious day in the core, has only bloody well got a release date. 
Yeah. Third um, in a row. You... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is its third release date. So third time's the charm, I guess. Um, you penned this one, Mian. I did in the the darkest of of the night with a, a lone candle on my desk. <laughs> I I doff wrote this. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, like I don't know if you were listening to Enya or like Gregorian chanting. What is why? What are you doing writing news by candlelight after office Def hours? Definitely Enya, I think. Okay. Yeah, I like those smooth, dulcet tones. Um. Yeah, uh, aliens, colon, another glorious day in the core, uh, which is really quite a catchy title, um, has got <laughs> its third release date. Yay. Um, originally announced back in 2018, uh, was going to come out later that year. Mm -hmm. Then it was pushed to 2019. Uh, and then it was just like, we don't know when it's going to come out. And now they're like, hey, it's coming out later this year. Was it October? Yes. It's now going to release yes. in October of this year. Uh, yeah. So as far as I can tell, uh, this is a, a co-op game where you play as a character from the Aliens film starring Sigourney Weaver. Mm -hmm. uh, and... You have to basically uh, survive the Xenomorph attack through a variety of different campaigns. Uh, and uh, they're alongside announcing a another release date, they've also announced two additional expansions, um, which I think I believe are the first expansions for the game. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is Ultimate something about badasses. Badasses. And the other is. Uh, get away from her, you, and rude word. I think you. Could, I think given that this is a direct quote from the film, you can say "get away from her, you bitch." Yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's called "get away from her, you bitch." Uh, presumably referencing the line from the film, Johnny. Yes, that that iconic line from within the power loader, uh, where yeah. the, the the alien queen is near Newt, who is a playable character. You'll be pleased to know if you enjoy playing yeah. as grubby faced girls who speak in slightly creepy voices. Uh, yeah, Ripley gets into the power loader with her amazing trainers. Um, yeah, and and delivers an iconic line, and then has a big old dust up with a massive yeah. alien. And then delivers an uppercut. It's pretty cool. To, to the alien queen, Lolis. Uh, do you like aliens or not? <laughs> I feel like I've seen it once years ago, and I I don't remember any of it okay um I, I i i like when i watched films and tv shows growing up uh or, or even now i'm not the kind of person who like remembers quotes or remembers anything about them down the line <laughs> um like i just i like i know some people like i have so many people in my life who like often just throw out like simpson quotes and stuff right and i mm. watched just as much simpsons when i was a kid i'm sure but i just like that just never happened with me. I like people I mean, will say quotes, and I'm like, mm. I would I say you did reference The Simpsons on this podcast once. Well, <laughs> yeah, I did, but um... we don't talk <laughs> yeah, about I mean, episode like... eight. <laughs> Go back to episode eight if you'd like to know what she's referencing. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like I might have picked it up in recent years, but I definitely didn't mm. do it growing up. And so, like, yeah. Aliens would have been something I think I would have watched when I was a teenager, maybe. Mm. Um, and it just wouldn't have been 
that way inclined. Oh. I think. Mm. I think it's a cracking film. I'm a big fan of uh, the Alien <laughs> oh, series. Put it on the list of films to watch. Oh like... yeah, Lonely's. I was going to um, say put it on the list of of sort of dicebreaker films to watch as a team, but then I realised if people were like, ha, "Look at that," that's I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, funny joke." Uh, I think it's a film I like too much to want to talk over. Yeah, um, to be honest, I'd be in that boat with you. I'd probably be sat there, like, like hands on my knees, glued to the screen like this. Hmm. Because uh, uh, having... Although I've only seen Alien and Aliens, I think because I've directly avoided Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection mm-hmm. and Prometheus, etc., etc., uh, because I didn't want them to sour my my hmm. sort of opinion of aliens as being a, a wonderful thing. Uh, although I would say the, f- the first Alien is better, in my opinion. It is, but... absolutely. But it's also a completely different film. Alien is a thriller. Yeah. Aliens is an action film. Alien 3, <laughs> slightly controversial opinion. I actually rate it. Uh, people, okay. people talk like... They, they trash talk it all the time. And it did have problems in production... But I actually think it's uh, it's very good. So if anyone disagrees, um, just send an email. Send me an email. Um, no, no, write it in the comments. Or, or, yeah, or no. write it in the comments, uh, and we'll meet up and we'll have a fight. Uh, Alien in Resurrection a, oh, is dreadful. It is in just a power loader. In a power loader, yeah. Yeah, and then I'll turn up in one of those in an alien suit. Yep. <laughs> in a xenomorph suit. Uh, Alex Bean is going to comment under this YouTube video as uh, a as, uh, oh. fire droid or something. So, yeah. so Lolis, that means you're either Newt, the yeah. the little girl who's been surviving, uh, avoiding the xenomorphs for ages, or you are Rough Tough Guy uh, Hicks, played Newt. by Michael Bean. Okay. I even like the name Newt, to be honest. Mm. Okay. Or, how about this, Johnny? Or, you are a power loader. <laughs> You're... And Lolis is is Ripley. So you're, oh, I'm the power loader. Yeah, fine. Yeah. So basically, you do that thing where you put your arms out, and I'll put my arms between. Yeah. Like under your armpits. Yeah, and under then your we'll armpits. Have, we'll have a fight with <laughs> our listeners. <laughs> um, with me, you'll have to fight me. Oh, with the you. Aliens, Sorry. The yes. Of course. And um, the listeners. So, and the listeners. I'll fight, fight everyone. It's 2020. I'm done. Uh, so that is our news about Aliens, Another Glorious Day in the Court. Actually, one thing I will say, there are miniatures in this game, because obviously it's just a board game and this is based off a film property. Yeah. They do look pretty good. Like The, the Power Loader one is really great. The Alien Queen one, <laughs> at first I thought she had a really stubby tail. I've actually realised it's foreshortening because it curls round and the promotional image they've released makes it look like it's teeny tiny. But even yeah. so, the bodily proportions on on the, the Alien Queen... It's like a very, very short body that just doesn't tally with sort of how I remember it from the film. Mm. So I'm not going to lie, it looks a little bit like the Alien Queen hatch from a Jack Russell Terrier. Um, Or like a dog alien, like the dog alien from Alien 3, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. there you go. Maybe it's intentional, Johnny. Mm, Maybe. Um, But yes, that is a game that is coming up. (laughs) And now, in a very roundabout way we've talked about it uh, yeah so the final piece of news we have for you this week is uh the rp free rpg day sorry cometh um it is on the 25th of july in this uh the year of our lord 2020 
Uh, and not only can you, as you can every year, get your hands on a whole bunch of free RPGs, but uh, there are some pretty good ones in this year's lineup. Um, mm-hmm. Renegade Studios, uh, Renegade Game Studios, sorry, has uh, has come in hard. Uh, basically, they're going to be releasing a uh, number of RPGs available during Free RPG Day, and they've released a selection of adventures and quick start guides in anticipation, including uh, Kids, uh, Kids on Brooms, which oh. is the sort of Harry Potter-inspired uh, spin-off of Kids on Bikes, and uh, also Overlight, which is like a very, very beautiful uh, game about uh, sort of having... It's, it's, it's like a, a, a colourful, like, fancy role-playing game where you can get all these sort of powers that uh, um, aim to... Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're like, um, based sort of off different fields of powers. So mm. some of them control, like, fire, other, you know, control, you know, like, other elements. And um, it's, like, really inspired by, like, classic 70s, like like rock covers yeah. like album covers um as like yes is is yes like one of the the big influences i think i don't even i know nothing about that genre of music <laughs> i'm probably even saying the name wrong someone's probably screaming at me now going you <laughs> you're rubbish <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah, like it's just got a very striking art style mm. and a very kind of optimistic uh, flavor about it. Like, imagine the opposite of cult. Like, yeah. it's just very feel good. And they, you know, Renegade had already released a free scenario earlier in the year, but this one is entirely new. Um, and they're they're basically releasing it in anticipation of yeah free rpg day which they're not the only company uh partnering with it or for it there are a number mm. of other uh publishers mr chiodini uh, hunters entertainment the company behind the upcoming rpg alice is missing and mm. oni games um although they haven't released any specifics on what's going to be out there for mm. free rpg uh Day. But if you want to know more as it kind of comes up, you can go to freerpgday.com um, and yeah. Yeah, you, you can sort of get your hands on stuff. Overlight, I will say, is absolutely gorgeous. I picked up a copy at PAX Unplugged um, <laughs> last year. Uh, so I was trying, and that wasn't that wasn't meant to be like you know a game show like it. It was more that I was tr- trying to remember which one it was. Uh, PAX Unplugged. It is a really lovely game, and it is like as as you say, me and it's got a very positive vibe. Um, and I I picked it up because I really want us to play it for one of the sort of mid season campaigns between mm. campaigns of Dungeon Breaker. Although I will say, it is a game that runs entirely off D fours. And I have opinions about that because I don't like D fours uh, to roll. Yeah. They they don't roll. They just splat. You know, like, mm. yeah, it's not it's not satisfactory, is it? No, it's like yeah. Yeah. A bit the, of colorful, the colorful one. That's a like a colorful dice one. That's that right. Yeah, up. I've had the D4s on my desk in Brighton for ages, mm-hmm. um, and they are at least big D4s. They've got like a b- bit better chance of catching an edge and and actually maybe rolling. But yeah, um, D4s are my least favorite of the uh, polyhedral dice, followed by D8s. 
there's a full-on slam for the for the D4s out there. Oh, mate! Like <laughs> you better watch watch your back. This is a honestly, if we if we were in a pub and we'd had a couple of pints, I'd be <laughs> raring to go on this one. Be like, I right, have no doubt. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody, <laughs> turn off the music. Everyone, shut up. It's time to learn about dice. Uh, <laughs> Johnny would become the freeloader. He would become. He would turn into the mech, and then just absolutely. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Like a transformer. Just. Like, yeah, like a transformer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would be up for playing that. I really want to try and get, uh, dig into a lot more modern, RPGs, mm. uh, that have come out, uh, over the last few years, and from studios you don't expect, because usually, Renegade Game Studios is known for doing board games. Mm-hmm. So um, not many people know they do RPGs. Indeed. Uh, so there you go. There you got it. What kind of world is it set in? It is. So I we we just did a cunning cut there. It was probably not even noticeable, but I went and got my copy of Overlight. Uh, and basically, it is set in an alternate history that diverges from our own in the year one thousand BCE. Um, uh, so human civilization had just begun to achieve heretofore unreached heights. The Egyptians, the Olmecs, the Babylonians, the Chinese, a race of divine beings had subtly, been subtly guarding and protecting humankind during their formative years, and a small but vocal minority of these beings now believe that humankind was ready to take their place in the cosmos. They argued that humanity should be given the secrets of the universe and take their rightful place among the stars. They were overruled! Uh, but one dissenting voice defied this judgment and gave humankind the literal keys to creation, and with them one all-important guiding principle. Do not use the black key. Humanity did not listen. Uh, all of reality was turned inside out. The burning heart of the world became the bright white, unending sky, and the unknowable depths of space became a vast star-filled sea beneath. Entire continents now float in the space between without a moon or sun to guide them. And the game takes place 3,000 years after that, as the fractured remains of humanity cling to the shattered remnants of a broken world. Um... Floating mountains are the norm. There are intelligent bird people. Uh, there are moss beings. Monks make spirit bonds with snow monkeys in ice shrouded temples. Um, and basically, but there are there are these these special people called the Skyborn who uh, can manipulate the light from above to uh, fuel remarkable powers. Mm. And basically, they want to make a better world. And that's where the players come in because everything is um, strange and floaty and sort of very high concept, but things could be improved so uh that is sort of the 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 oeuvre of it Uh, and as you can see from the cover it's all just very beautifully done and very colorful and uh yeah the free rpg day one they put this out in 2018 was a a um an adventure called the birthright of car ulan um but i don't know what the one for this year's free rpg day will be called sorry lily i cut you off there it's uh it's in the news piece oh it is Oh, uh, sh- Mr. Keeney. Shut my mouth. <laughs> shut my cake hole. Um, da, 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 da. Well, oh, the lost spire of Zequatl. Exactly. Good. Exactly. And by the way, looking at that cover, mm-hmm. cult artists mm-hmm. and designers, please take note. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're listening to this. Yes, obviously. 
Um, uh, Lolies, what were you were you going to, to comment? I literally on no, I wasn't going to say anything. Didn't even know. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm well. Yeah. In that case, I'm I'm sorry all over again. But are you, <laughs> Lolies, are you going to play as a moss person? Is that an option? It is. Yeah. A, it is an option. I like. So it says, yeah, the moss beings prey to trees in the dark depths of unknown forests. That doesn't sound very you. No, would, it doesn't. Would you be a monk making a spirit bond with the snow monkeys no. in a nice shrouded temple? Okay. <laughs> would you be a huge centipede? Yes. Um, yes, oh, okay. there you go. Well, huge centipedes seek enlightenment while shepherding their flocks upon, upon sand-blasted expanses. Um, that's not necessarily what I would have um, chosen for you, but you know what? Uh, that's the nice thing about RPGs, is you can be whatever you like. I'm going to yeah. start making my costume now. Oh, wow. I really want to see that. Be a giant centipede. Okay. It's going to be like, I'm pretty much just going to put point the ca I'm going to get get myself a centipede. I'm going to just point the camera at the centipede. I'm going to just like, then use a mic somewhere else and talk through the mic so it'll look like I am a centipede. But I'll put some really, like, I'll put some miniature stuff, like miniature furniture around it so it looks like it's a giant centipede. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this isn't what I was expecting. I honestly think it would be easier for you to do like an actual centipede costume than acquire no, I... a centipede. Yeah. I'm fairly sure they're not your average. I don't think you'll be able to walk into a pet shop and say, "Excuse me, could I have a centipede?" You go never buy centipedes off eBay, Alex. Yeah, you never know I, what you're uh... getting. <laughs> Uh, I was imagining, like, do you know uh, James and the Giant? Oh, and my Pete? name would be Pete, Centerpiece. Okay, that's Sorry, pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know James and the Giant Peach? Mm. You know mm. uh, Mr. Caterpillar? Mm -hmm. Is it Mr. Caterpillar? There's like a... I'm probably getting this massively wrong, but there's like a Caterpillar-type character. Mm. Like, I'm imagining Loli looks a bit like that, if you can remember what he looks like. Oh, I can, yeah. From the animated film, he he talks with, like, a Brooklyn accent, and he's got a yeah, flat yeah, cap, yeah. and he smokes cigars, <laughs> and he loves coffee. <laughs> he does! Again, these are not choices I normally would associate with Loli's, but yeah, my favourite thing about RPGs is they can transport you into a, a character that is not like your own and i think that's yeah nice. i'm here i'm here to keep you guys on your on your toes so mm. you never know what i'm gonna bring next indeed yeah. to the lowly's is not a centipede as far as i know <laughs> <Right>. good <laughs> well that's that is all of the news for this week i was so confident we were going to keep this podcast under an hour this week um and in you fairness, try you try we're ahead of time, but we have also discussed a lot of things that I, I didn't I didn't think I'd ever discuss, let alone discuss on the Dicebreaker mm. podcast. Um, so I reckon we should skip straight to questions from the audience. Ooh. We're shared. It's question time on Dicebreaker. Mm -mm. There you go. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll take this first one and then we'll sort of go from there. Um this one arrived hot in my inbox this morning. Um, my computer has only just stopped smoking, which is <laughs> troubling. But uh, Wei Han says, Dear Dicebreaker team, while listening to a podcast episode about Lady Gargoyle's Chromatica, talking about the world created by that album, stick with me, 
I out of nowhere started thinking about what an RPG inspired by that album might look like, which, of course, reminded me of Boy Problems. Uh, Boy Problems, for anyone who who doesn't know, is sort of a, it's a it's based on the lasers, lasers and feelings um, RPG, and it is a futuristic heist where you are trying to steal the Vault, which is a, a collection of five hundred unreleased Carly Rae Jepsen uh, songs, which is actually a real thing. Um, but yes, you're in the future and you're trying to steal it. We played it live on the channel, uh, so if you want to watch that, you can. It's it's bananas. But um, Weihan asks, my question is, which other artists or albums would you like to see RPGs inspired by? Oh my god, I'm going to explode, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Should I take it from that that you want to go first? Or do you want it's some like thinking this... time? This person knew I was here and knew what I wanted to hear it's and a good knew question, isn't it? what I wanted to talk about. Is it David uh, Bowie? Uh, yes. Yeah. So many things. That was um, my thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, let's get the cow of the bag first. Um, David Bowie has done a lot of concept albums. Um, the thing is, it's. Right, let me establish this. Ziggy Stardust is not the best album he's done. Period. I'm saying that now. But, as a concept album, it's probably the most exciting as an RPG. Because Ziggy Stardust, who people might not know, is an alien who basically comes to Earth to teach people how to be uh, cool and also uh, totally awesomely queer and totally awesomely out there in terms of considering that it was released um how you approach music how you dress how you present your identity and i think having an rpg around that concept would be awesome because uh yeah i just love the music with it and i love the idea of having more RPGs where I can pretend to be David Bowie. Uh, also, uh, I'm going to be bad and have more answers. Um, uh, oh, oh, oh! I had an answer earlier. Oh, Janelle Monae. Uh, most of her albums would work. I really like Dirty Computer, which came out a few years ago. Absolutely slaps, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, a lot of her concept albums are based around uh, her character. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called now. Uh, I'm really sorry. I've forgotten. But she's uh, an android. Uh, and she presents a world where androids exist. And they are basically uh, uh, essentially an oppressed group mm. who express themselves through music and dancing and uh, Dirty Computer in particular, she kind of merges herself with that character along with Django Jane, which is also another character she makes. And I think having that kind of... I'm always bad at describing music, but like pop, R&B kind of mash of like awesome costumes, if you ever see her music videos, mm -hmm. uh, that would be amazing. And... Everyone, get ready to groan. Uh, American Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that album. I don't care what people say. It it helped define my 
adolescent years. That's absolutely sorry, fine. No, that's ab- but... no, that is absolutely fine. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh like an elephant. No, <laughs> I know people will laugh, and like I understand why uh, people don't like it, and how all have grown out of it. But like, I genuinely maintain that it's it isn't punk. It's a very pop like soft version of it mm. and uh but i don't think it takes itself too seriously mm. and you know uh billy joe armstrong is at, seems to come across as a genuinely nice person i again don't know him but mm. uh, if you ever watched the documentary they did on the musical of american idiot i was gonna say yeah it got made into a, a musical and that is a fairly good litmus test for whether something can be made into an rpg or not yeah based on absolutely um, no evidence that's just my opinion the musical received very mixed reviews Mm -hmm. but he seemed to and the rest of green day seemed to enjoy making it so uh well i don't necessarily agree on the uh album choice i do think green day is quite a good shout i really like dookie but i don't know how that would work (laughs) as an rpg yeah well (laughs) Someone out there has got to be bold enough to try. So, um, mm. what about you, Lolies? Do you have any particular ones off the top of your head? Oh Lord, I was really like racking my head there, and I think like I'd have to because oh, I, 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 I'm struggling with it. I'm not gonna lie, but mm. one of the things that came into my head as a potential, and this is me maybe stretching the um, definition of the word. Uh, was it singer? Was that the word that was used in the question? Or was uh, it just... La, 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 la. No, artists. Yeah. Artists or albums. So I think you're fine. Okay, okay. Well, I was going to say RuPaul is technically a <laughs> singer of sorts. Okay. Um, and so I'm sure you could um, take something around the world that has been created. And I've been, watch- I've been like watching a lot of RuPaul, especially yesterday when I took the day off. I just had it on like all day um and do something like that and also like you can have like some pretty quirky characters and mm. yeah do i think something that would be with pretty that. great to be honest yeah, yeah i could imagine it being like well, um the wrestling rpg world ride oh my god yeah Where yeah you... like yeah it's like a tv you... format and you have to put on an episode yeah. of rupaul's yeah. drag race you have to like make your costume and uh yeah like and then you have to perform as the the character you've made. Not to lip sync for yeah. your life. Oh man, mine's gonna that would sound be really so cool. boring by comparison. Because I'm gonna talk about prog rock. Um, <laughs> I've yes. A- I've actually got two under my belt, but uh, the first one is Coheed and Cambria, um, which is like a fantastic sort of prog rock band um, who, for decades now have been putting out albums that are all wrapped up in this sci-fi universe um, that's uh, about something called the Armoury Wars. So it's all very high sci-fi, and it's like the music is absolutely banging. They've already made the Armoury Wars into a comic series, um, so there are like, a bunch of comic books that you can read. Um, and I think it would translate really well into that RPG sort of setting where it's got some absolutely banana stuff like going on in the universe. Like there's... Uh, a sadistic robot called Al the Killer, um, and uh, I forget some of the other stuff. Like, but it's they they have a lot of songs about a ten speed. Like, but it's it's kind of like almost a celestial bicycle. I think I'm not that well versed in the actual lore, but I love the I love the music. They did one album that wasn't set in the Armory Wars, and I was like, oh, that's nice, and just didn't listen to it. 
Um, so that would be great, I reckon. Uh, and the other one is a metal band called Protest the Hero, who are kind of like, I guess technically they'd be called Mathcore, um, because they've got really complicated guitar lines and they change time signatures all the time. So the first few times you listen to it, you're like, what is this? Why does someone keep hitting shuffle? But once you get into it, it's wonderful and the lead singer's amazing. He's got these really ama- like incredible operatic moments. But their lyrics are also like really right on. Like in 2006, when they were 17, they released an album called Kazaya, which is like a really feminist metal album. And they just keep producing these these songs that really brilliantly sum up issues in the States and issues elsewhere in the world. Like they did one about, um, you know, uh, basically the Brock Turner case where like a young man just got off scot-free after doing horrible things to women. And um, it was just talking about how unjust it is and all this kind of stuff. But that's kind of blended with a lot of talk that's almost like you'll die by Irish steel and like everyone's like galloping across the earth and it's it's sort of high it's it almost ventures into fancy territory. Um mm. but they've just got these incredibly passionate songs about just like really important issues that are really well and smartly put together. So I can totally imagine it being kind of like an almost like road warriors style universe where you're fighting for justice but also just being like an unbelievable badass like Mm. i cannot Uh, express how much i love this band like i put them on while i mowed the lawn the other week and i got it done in about 10 minutes i I hate gardening i only mow the lawn so the dog will go to the toilet on it Uh, (laughs) and i was just like right let's get this done and yeah just Mm. math called it out basically yeah i would quickly just say kate bush I mean, Kate Bush the RPG would be utterly That would be incredible. amazing, because, like, I could just... You can just be as weird as you like. You can just pretend you're turned into a donkey, which actually happens in one of her songs. She suddenly just becomes a donkey and starts screaming <laughs> like a donkey. And I'm like, I am so on board for this. You could have so many good powers in that RPG. It'd be like, you know, like, okay, I'm going to pursue him, uh, so I'm going to roll running up that hill. And like yeah. you know, like okay, well you can do this, but you're going to be on the wedding list. Like there's just yeah, so oh, much there. Yeah, you could have the different archetypes. You can have step on me, Kate, which is <laughs> her in wedding list. You can have uh, weathering heights, Kate, which is her just spinning around on a hill. You can also have uh, wow, Kate, which is her sat there just making expressions. Mm-hmm. There are so many amazing archetypes you could have. Right, I'm done. We've got to we got to move on. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, Lollies, why don't you take this question from James Howell, which is the oh. second one in the doc, because I've just pulled a question out because I've decided we'll save that for another week and nobody can stop me. Okay. James Howell asks, out of the games you've played, which do you feel are the best for onboarding friends and family into tabletop gaming? Hmm. Uh, I feel like I've answered this question before. It's like um, I tend to stick to games that uh, maybe have a certain similarity to games they already know. Um, I'll, that'll be, often be like one of my first questions if I'm trying to like introduce somebody into to other board games. Will be like, well, what's your favorite board game out of the ones you know? And then I'll find take something that maybe has a similarity to that, but is actually better or um, it's just a bit different and kind of try and build on what they already know. Um, it's a good shout. Because then I think people aren't as like overwhelmed because they might like understand the mechanic or understand the theme or whatever the case may be. And then it's also because it's 
re related to something they uh, like already, it often goes down quite well. Mm. So I'd say for me, so like that might include, sorry, no, carry on. I was gonna say that might include like something like Marrakesh or which is like an area control game, which is, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I don't know, reminds people of like Monopoly in a way because you have to like pay people money if you land on their rugs and stuff like mm. that. Uh, and it's like, that's the only way in which it like has any resemblance, but people understand that mechanic. Um, so I would yeah. say mm. Codenames because Codenames has had the highest success rate for me with sort of onboarding people who are reluctant about board games. One of my friends would actually actively hate it whenever we got a game out. Um, but we got her playing Codenames and she really loves it. Like, I think it's a good game for getting people to come out of their shell a bit and actually sort of take part in a game where they can sometimes be a bit intimidating. But also there's a good element of teamwork. It's quick to play. It's not too serious, but it like it, you feel great when you've smashed it. Um, mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, Codenames has definitely for a, a while now, for a couple of years, been like top of my list of, of good games to get people on board with. Um, mm. Apart from that, uh, maybe stuff like Forbidden Island. Like if yeah. people are looking for something a bit more sort of uh, involved. But yeah, Codenames. Mm. Codenames is definitely a good shout. I've played that with my family before um, with mixed results. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean i think essentially the ideas i'll put across are the ideal for anyone because my family is possibly the hardest family to ever get to play a board game ever um because you've got my dad who just has absolutely no interest in playing anything regardless of what it is um you know, try to, to get him to kind of focus on uh, a game is really hard. Uh, my mum is just very, she she finds it very difficult to step outside of her comfort zone. So she'll often want to play Yahtzee, which is fine. Yahtzee's fine. But, um, you know, I'm like, th there's a whole world out there um, that I want to show you. Uh, and um, my brother just, yeah, he just wants to keep the peace. So, um, I uh, suggested uh, Snake Oil, which is a party game um, slash, like, I guess it's not really a genre, but it's like a persuasion game mm. um, where you get two cards and you have to create, well, more than two cards, but from two cards from your deck, you have to use to create uh, an, a product you're selling to another person. And one person in the group plays as that person, and they could be anything from like a zombie to a cheerleader. So you have to like market the product at their character specifically. So not only do you have to make this product out of whatever cards you have, you also have to make it appeal to them. Hmm. So it's a very, very straightforward setup, really easy to explain. And it's, it involves a lot of interaction which I think is a lot easier for people who aren't as into board games yeah. because, you know, they don't have to look after their own board or whatever they're doing. It's constantly just a, a socialization thing. Uh, and, you know, it does sound like a lot, a lot like one of those games, which have gotten very popular recently that you kind of get in sick of because there's so many of them yeah. and they're very like, uh, by the numbers but 
Snake oil, I think, works because um, it is a simple premise, but the potential for for fun is there. Like, again, it would depend on the group, but I've Mm. had some really, really excellent, like, experiences of playing snake oil. Like, some people have really made some hilariously creative products. And, like, if you like talking like I do... It's a really fun game because then you can really lean into yeah that. I mean, it was out of print for the longest time because it launched in 2010, and I remember you couldn't mm. find it anywhere. Um, but it would often come up in conversation because it it provides basically it it, it does what Cards Against Humanity tries to do better because Cards Against Humanity is trash. Um, mm. And yeah, so I I just looked and it is uh, available again, which is nice. Yeah. So. Hasbro got the rights um, a few years ago, uh, which is why it's now more available than it used to be. I managed mm. to get my hands on a copy, but I think I remember when I was looking for a copy, I remember I found it hard. So it's not, you know, it's fairly recently that it's become more available. Yeah. But um, I think there are multiple versions of it as well. Um, it is one of those games that is not going to blow your mind, but sure. it's definitely great for getting people to to play games and then yeah. when they're not actually comfortable yeah right um uh melissa rutherford is going to provide our next question uh Ooh. do you want to read this one? who hasn't read one out it's me and isn't it oh oh me me teach <laughs> me <laughs> you know that wouldn't work on me if i were an actual teacher uh, no, you'd be sat there going, oh, you little so-and-so. Yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> uh, read that one out. Uh, Melissa uh, asks, um, what was your favourite game as a kid? Board or other? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Let's try and keep it to board, because otherwise we'll be here yeah. all day. Yeah, we will be here all day. What is the one game you aren't allowed to play with other people? I'm not allowed to play Risk with my SLI? Sister-in-law. No, sister-in-law. Sister-in-law! Sorry, I said that completely wrong. And if you could, uh, if you could, what game would you play every day? Oh my goodness. I mean, like three questions in one. Uh, I've got this one sewn up because as a kid, on, it was probably Cluedo with Scrabble as a close second. Because I like words. Uh, what am I not allowed to play with other people? Um, Avalon. Uh, because I get accused of being a spy before the cards are even dealt, which is quite annoying. Um, it's only with one specific group of friends, but they do it so regularly that I've stopped playing with them. Uh, and if I could play one game every day, it would be uh, Doomtown Reloaded, funnily enough. Just to crowbar that one in. There it yeah. is. It's been a couple of weeks since I've managed to mention Doomtown Reloaded, but I would 100% play that every single day if I could. Um, when my uh one of my best friends he plays a lot of doomtown he used to work in brighton and whenever we get the train back together uh if i were in the office we'd sit there and if we were sat at one opposite one another on the table it would generally be like we were going to have a fight in the, in the wild west one would look at the other and you'd sort of raise an eyebrow and there'd be a little nod and we'd get our decks out without even saying anything it was brilliant so i'd do that Aww. um lowly you look you were looking pensive and now you look resolved Yes. What are what are you? No, I'm still pensive. Okay, <laughs> me and are you? Um, how where are you on there? I reckon I could go. Yeah. Right. Um, my favorite game when I was little was Mouse Trap because oh, I was obsessed with 
the idea of it mm. uh, and we were missing pieces <laughs> so I would just like set it up and like poke around with it uh, and then we wouldn't really actually play the game um, uh, and the game that I'm not allowed to play with people I don't know if there really is one I guess the the closest thing might be Shadow Hunters oh, yeah. um, which I've mentioned several times before mm. in podcast uh mostly because uh i was obsessed with it for a little while and i would i would bring it out a lot uh and initially people's reactions were uh to it were oh please no <laughs> um but but the thing is the funny thing is with shadow hunters they initially are like that but once you get them into it uh they can't get enough mm. ha ha see look now i've got you addicted um <laughs> <laughs> and the game I would play every day would maybe be like. Thing is, I do like routine, but I also get bored sometimes uh, doing the same thing. But I suppose something like Point Salad, where it's like a very straightforward, mm. quick, like, get. I really like Point Salad. To be honest, I probably would just. Yeah, I probably would play Point Salad every day because it's really quick and. Uh, maybe I'd get better at it. People were expecting me to say Scythe. I bet. No. No one's got time for 365 games of Scythe every year. That's no. That's like that's a that's a part-time job. Absolutely yeah. not. Uh, I mean, Crocinole. Once we're allowed to actually see people oh, again, Crocinole. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a make a firm resolution now that I am. Never going to come to the office in Brighton and leave it again without playing at least one game of Crocodile that day. Done. Yeah, there it is. Um, my friends are getting married. Well, not this year. Um, <laughs> well, nice one. Uh, but uh... <laughs> it's not an insult. It's literally a comment on the current climate. But, Good one, um... hopeful lovers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and. Um, they were like, oh, we would like our friends to get us a gift, like, collectively. And I said, why not get a crocodile set? And they're totally into the idea. So they, they know they, they do listen to this podcast and uh -oh. they know we're getting them it. It's not a surprise. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're, and I said they should have it at the wedding and that'd be amazing. I mean, mm, if you want to be I'm totally overshadowed at your own wedding, like bringing a crocodile board out is kind of like another couple getting engaged and announcing it at the reception. Like, I'm imagining uh, Johnny like crashing the wedding, just like coming in. I'll be like, there. Being, like, yeah, crocodile. I've, I've been invited to a wedding next year where there's a cub tournament. I'm going to clean up, mate. It's going to be brilliant. Right. Lolies. Sorry, Coob. Lolies. Come on. Uh, plenty of time. Favorite, favorite childhood game. I don't know because I used to play a lot of games, but like I guess the game that I used to play all the time because we had it at home was like Monopoly. I used to play it by myself a lot because uh, no one would play with me. Oh. <laughs> so I would like pretend to be my mom and my dad and my brother. Would you do the voices? <laughs> and I had like I had no, but I had <laughs> I had like certain rules where like because um, obviously usually you try and buy like prop, um, property and stuff and like do all that stuff and obviously because I wasn't playing with real people um I like implemented a rule that essentially um if I was trying to buy some property of other people I would have to just pay whatever like I'd have to pay double of what they were actually worth on the board and that was just like Whoa. my generic rule to to make sure that the, I could still buy property from people I That's guess a pretty good hack. um 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, you know, was smart about it. Um, but yeah, so that would probably be there. Uh, I remember like really liking um, Labyrinth and Enchanted Forest, but I don't know if those were my favorite. I just have a memory of mm. liking them. Um, then game, this is the one I was really wrecking my head about was like games I'm not allowed to play. I don't think I'm not allowed to play anything uh, that I can think of. Tapestry. Maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not keen on playing Slide Quest with you ever again. <laughs> And I, I, I imagine the feelings mutual. Even when we tried it again no. without the cameras rolling with wheels, we it was tense for a minute. Um, okay, so fine, slide cross is my answer for that. I so, uh, my heart has been broken, I'm but sorry. I don't know if you can hear that. It's, um, I'm sorry, but it's just uh, true. <laughs> no, it's fair, it's fair. It's like, actually, when I was thinking about games I'm not allowed to play, I was thinking, like, Overcooked, like, games like that, because oh, yeah, um, yeah. I do I do just get like that. Like, I played Overcooked um, this week with my housemate and Liam, and it got very tense, because um, while Liam and I have gotten to a point of playing Overcooked where we don't really need to speak to each other anymore, um, I it took, it took a lot of me... Uh, being quite abusive in the game to him to get to that point and so because my housemate oh my had never played before um, I was not being very nice at, I was trying there was points where I was just like sat in silence but uh, it got to a point where uh, we didn't get three stars in the round and uh, I was like should I just should we swap controllers maybe uh, <laughs> uh, which I'd never done before yeah, I was gonna say overcooked is a, a video Ooh. game. Yeah, just yeah. To it was only because it, the way the game was split was stupid. Like they had one person in an area which was a lot harder for one person to deal with, and they had two people in the other area which didn't need two people. And it was her first time playing, and so I was like, "Do you should we just try to demote to your own house, mate?" Yeah, it was um, anyway, yeah, I actually ended up sending her a text. I ended up sending her a text afterwards because I was like, I'm really sorry. Um, and she was like, no, it's fine. Like, um, like she still enjoyed it. And she was like, I want to play it with you some more. And like, I promise I'll get better. <laughs> Imagine like, that Loli's being like Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen. Being yeah, like, yeah. How much is in sauce. The <laughs> it did get a bit like that. Oh, no. uh, I yeah so anyway that's that's that um and then uh what was the, the game final you play every day surely it's... oh yeah i think Star it's Realm. yeah um i went i funnily enough i went like quinto and then i went maybe quacks um which are in my top three favorite games and i completely forgot about Star Realms. and then i was like wait no Star Realms. there has been times in my life where i have played Star Realms every day for months on end yeah. so uh definitely Star Realms on dp there we oh, go. Damn. Right. Uh, well, that is uh, all we've got time for uh, this week. Um, oh. So I know it was, a, it was a, compared to our normal podcast, this was lean and mean, but we still talked a lot of nonsense. Uh, so thank you for all your questions. Uh, we do keep all of them and we're slowly working through them. If you want to send some more in, you can uh, tweet at um, join Dicebreaker uh, or you can email uh, contact at dicebreaker.com will work there is a podcast specific email address but i can't remember what it is yeah um, if you put the subject as as like podcast question even at like info at yeah will, will probably work it will so. come through um and yeah so keep them coming in and we will try and answer them but uh, for the time being that's 
Or we have uh, oh oh very very quickly. What's coming up? Uh, coming up soon. Uh, oh, well, is the the return of, of something <gasps> special is happening? Yeah, I forgot for a second what you're referring to. Um, Dice Baker is back on Sunday. <gasps> Um, and it's going to be a special episode where I'm actually not going to be baking. I'm going to be making drinks. Uh, I'm not going to say anything more about it, but I've got some... I haven't filmed it yet because I'm waiting for something very special to arrive before I can film it. But it should be a lot of fun and I've gone... I'm going to be quite silly with it. So that'll be happening on Sunday. Mm. Um, Are you waiting for some weird ingredient like asp milk or something? Asp milk? Asp milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Asp. I mean, I could make that myself, surely. Asp. Asp. Oh. Like a snake. <laughs> wow. Um, we've also got, uh, again, that game I can't talk about because it's under embargo. Um, we've got more Dungeon Break coming up. Uh, oh, um, am I right in thinking, Johnny, that they're dishonoured? Yes. Well, the first part has already aired or will have done by the time this podcast goes live. So the concluding part will be on Wednesday the... 8th of July um, so yeah you've got that to look forward to uh, on the mm. website you've got more of that thing that I can't talk about because it's under embargo and... yeah um, we'll have a list out this week uh, on the best um, app assisted board games Ooh. so no, these no, no. are yeah this is by a fine computer uh, whose name is just while you think of it, if XCOM's not on there, I'll fight them in a power loader. Uh, I can well... see XCOM behind you on the shelf. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Simon Castle has, ah. uh, has written this. Uh, yes, I'll give you a teaser. XCOM is on there. Oh, thank so. goodness. Don't worry, to... Simon. That's one You're less not gonna... fist fight I have to have this month. <laughs> one less freeloader fight. Um, yeah, that will be up by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, obviously, there are plenty of other lists on the website. There's always news every day. Um, so, uh, yeah, dicebreaker.com, please. Get your fix on the website. Dicebreaker.com, youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker, and of course, dicebreaker.myshopify.com. Yeah! Uh, for all of your merchandise needs, as long as those needs are for Dicebreaker yeah. merchandise. We don't have that t shirt that Lolis is wearing on the site. We don't. No, we don't. I was just doing that to show <laughs> to, to kind of you, uh, for those of you just listening. Lodi sort of popped her her shirt. Yeah, it looked popped very a cool. Lot. Um, right, with Thanks. that, we shall bid you adieu. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Thanks to uh, you, Alex's is 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 of Dicebreaker, for joining <laughs> me, uh, a bearded moron, on the podcast, and uh, we'll see you very soon. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.